Let's get into a message. <laughs> well, the last time I was up here, I think it was July 4th, we talked about uh, the truth. And obviously there was, it was a patriotic day being the 4th of July about the patriot, you know, not New England patriots, real patriots, the patriots that helped founded our America. And we got more into it that we said, you know, they were pioneers, but yet we as Christ followers are pioneers as well. Because we're, we're wanting a better tomorrow, right? In the world that's around us that's calling for something opposite than we want, the darkness, right? So we're pioneers too. So I felt leading off of that message, uh, it's, I, I, I wanted to talk about something here that's very important to absorb and have it transform you in your spirit and soul. Because if you don't and you think you're a pioneer, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot and you'll hurt yourself, and you'll get discouraged, and then you'll go back to what maybe we were all doing before, just coming to church, which is good. That's not everything, right? We know that, right? Okay. All right. So I'm going to start a series. It's a three, I think it's a three-part series. It looks, on, uh, it looks on paper, talking about distractions. <laughs> yes, because it may go further. We'll see. Many of you are fighting battles right now. And please, I say this with compassion amongst my sarcasm. <laughs> but some of the, for some, the battles are a result of you thinking you're here when you're really over here. And this gap of unknown is allowing space for the battles to beat the heck out of you. That's another message. We ain't going to talk about that. So that's called gaps. The ones I want to focus on are people who have committed to go beyond just the title of Christianity and have said, I'm going to follow Christ. I'm going to do it. And they, as they're stepping out, they're slowly being battled because they're actually being a threat. Not to your spouse, not to your kids. We'll find that out later. But to the darkness in this world. I want to talk about that mainly in this three series that we have. So this is called distractions. I'm going to give you an overview first. Because it's a lot of information. But if you're truly following Christ, you know this isn't just information. It can be transformative if you let it sink in your spirit. So we know we have Satan. He does not want you to succeed at following Christ. And his real weapon is distractions. Some of you were distracted right now when I said That's basically it. There are some big things, but this is, this is the thing that pounds the shore of your soul every day. Distractions. Just thank you, Mom. <laughs> Start off early. I mean, we just started. But when we're Christ followers, Satan wants you to be distracted, to not get a great parking place at the mall and be blessed. He'd rather you just settle in that. But he doesn't want you to continue to follow Christ, 
to be who God's called you to be and do his will on this earth. That's what he doesn't want you to do. So we as Christ followers are called to become more like Christ, Jesus, our King who reigns. And in that, we should be impacting other people, right? And it will be helping building his kingdom. But distractions, what the enemy uses, comes at our operating... You know the original operating system is not on your phone. It's what God designed, your soul. That's your operating system, your mind, your emotions... And then those come together, you're, you're exercising your will. Right? That's your operation. The enemy uses physical things, even though they're anchored in spiritual things, to attack your soul. The church, and I'm not the expert, but I'm just going out on a limb. The church for many years have forgotten to connect the soul with the spirit. They focus on the Spirit. We're a Spirit-filled church. We need to do that. But wait a minute. Some of the work on the cross and even that we sang about was bringing the Holy Spirit into our lives to bridge our spirit and our soul. And together, we're more like Christ. Jesus was a hu- he had human qualities. He, he exercised emotions. He wept at Lazarus' tomb. He got mad when they didn't have enough faith, his disciples. But he had the spirit because of the living God, because he was God, was in him. So we're looking to really become like Jesus. We've got to have a good bridge that the Holy Spirit has between our soul and our spirit. Some of the churches says, ah, I can't deal with soul and spirit. Let's go off to a therapist. And that can help. But you're missing the bridge. The bridge is out. It's not going to work if you're becoming more like Christ. This is our anchor scripture for today and whenever we keep going with this. Can we go to second? I'm going to do second Chronicles 10 verse 6. I'm going to do New Living. And then if we can get a King James version, I know some will like that too. But I really want to stay a minute in this. Can we go? No, we're going to go. I gave you the wrong. Let's back up to like verse 3. Second Corinthians 3. Okay, so this is the NLT. So this is... Paul, as usual, he's writing letters to churches. And the Corinthian church, the Corinth, church of Corinth, is dealing with a lot of false prophets and a lot of attacks within the church. I don't think they were fighting over masks, but I think it was a false... There was no COVID. Uh, they, were, they, were, they were fighting over, over things that were not important. They were highly getting distracted. And Paul started says, We are human. But we don't wage war as humans do. Keep going. We use God's mighty weapons. Mighty weapons. Not worldly weapons. To knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and destroy false arguments. Keep going. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Can you do the uh, King James? Let's hear it again a little differently. So go to verse 3, I believe, did I say? Yeah. For though we, not, we do not walk in the flesh. 
We do not war after the flesh. For the weapons, and we, most of us know we've been in church for a while. For the weapons, but we can forget. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down, get a visual, imaginations and every high thing that exalts against the knowledge of God, bringing it into captivity and through the obedience of Christ. That's fine. Satan doesn't want you to know and believe this. And if you don't, then distractions are going to rule your life. The good news, again, I'm giving an aerial right here of these three things, this series. The good news is, we, and we sang about this earlier, the work of the cross. The work of the cross is knowing that the war has been won, like I talked about earlier. And these battles that try and seduce us, induce us, are just temporary things to fight. But it all comes through distractions, mainly. The problem is, if the enemy is really bombarding and working on your operating system well with the same distraction, different distraction, overload, overload, doing this, what will eventually happen, and Paul mentioned in that in this word is, you will start to build strongholds in your soul. This is at a point where it's not just casting down that imagination. You've taken the distractions and helped build the walls of stronghold into your soul. Strongholds can be good. King David said, you are my strong tower, my stronghold, my king, my refuge. But strongholds can also be bad if you built it. So I'm building these strongholds because of these distractions. And then when the distractions continue to come, we'll talk about it. Distractions mainly are half lies. They're not all lies because they seem good. They seem important. But then you begin to defend them inside and you begin to cannot see clearly cannot certainly hear from the holy spirit because you're you're defending satan basically and his lies and we haven't dealt with that a lot because we've given another scripture oh boy well we need to pray over it and know who the enemy and what's happening but the good news is you're building it which means you can decide not to build it through the work of the cross. There's four areas that I believe distractions, at least some of them in my life, that we're going to talk about through this series. Four of them that are really mission critical to identify as distractions. One is identity. Yeah, the world has, they're going through identity crisis right now, I understand. But you as a Christ follower, do you truly know your identity? And the question, you, you, you need to know that. But the enemy wants to come against that and get you distracted for not who you are, but whose you are, right? The other one is people. The people that we don't wage against flesh and blood, the people are not distractive. 
but our perceptions of strongholds we can build can make it distractive in our life. So we may not see everybody with every story that they have in their life. I may be too judgmental to hear the full story. I may forget that maybe I am not that great. And everybody around me is going through the same thing sometimes. That can be a distraction that the enemy wants to build perception of people. The other thing is situations. And if you build strongholds with them, they become, it becomes a pressure that you're trying to protect. Like if a bill comes in tomorrow, that's a distraction. It's real. Don't write a faith check, but it's real. But now you're, my, oh, this might be the first of many. Now I'm going down the road of distractions, right? And then finally, and there are other ones, but I just want to hit four. The fourth is religion. <gasps> We're in a church. The fourth is religion. Satan has distracted so many people through religion. You love me? Some of you might be looking at me right now. Is he wearing a t-shirt under this suit coat at a church service? Distractions. It's distractions. Doesn't leave me of accountability, but it's distraction to you. So I did it on purpose today. No, I'm just kidding. But these things that we build, these walls of strongholds of defining things, it's not good. And we will go in towards the end in the last session to not leave you hanging to say, well, how do, if I have strongholds in me, how do I begin to tear them down? Because Paul said we could do it. He did. He was very clear in Corinthians. And I believe it's through prayer, worship, studying the word. And another element, sharing what you're going through. You see, there's power when you bring dark things into the light. The light blows it out. But if you don't want to bring it into the dark, then you're distracted by something. We need one another. If I remember correctly, God said, and we can't get to gender. I mean, we need gender. It's male and female. I have to clarify. But God says it's not good for man to be alone. The enemy cringes when we share our testimony with one another. Or, my gosh, if I have to share what I'm going through with another Christ follower. Because there's power in that. Because it gives an opportunity to what we sang about with that forever song. It says somewhere in the verse, it says, perfect love that destroyed the darkness. Because when two Christians come together with best intentions and no distraction, perfect love. Not love because how great we are. We're going through you know what. But perfect love heals. There's a song. The wound is where the light shines through. And many over the years, Christianity has, let's just not talk about what we're going through and stand further in faith. I know our name's Faith Christian Center. But if you, you know what I'm talking about, we need faith. It pleases God. We need to build it. But some of that faith comes from another experience with each other. 
than sitting in a seat. The hearing and hearing for faith. Oh, I'm going. The hearing and hearing for faith is not you all. It doesn't always mean you sitting there listening to us pastors. It's gosh darn important. It's going to help your growth. But the hearing here is you reading your Bible out loud. The hearing here is you confessing your faith out loud. Hearing and hearing and hearing. But sharing is part of build, pulling down strongholds. It is what, you know, and for some it may be monumental. Maybe Joshua looking at Jericho like, oh my gosh. You want me to sing and walk around a wall? <laughs> That's going to come down? Because what we'll find out later too is if you, at the beginning of 2 Corinthians, Paul says, I greet you with the grace of, I'm sorry, kindness and meekness in Christ. He didn't say that, he didn't just write that by accident. He's very intentional, like when he says grace and peace be with you, because he knows we're going to go through stuff. You need grace and peace. A lot of his letters in that way. But he starts this letter out by saying, I greet you with meekness and goodness and grace of Christ, in Christ. Because here's part of the way you pull down strongholds. Yeah, you know where I'm going. Somebody knows. Not with an AK-47. Not with a bigger cannon. Singing hallelujah, yes. But see, Jesus was able to dispel a lot of distractions by what? Meekness, kindness. He was, in Matthew, he was sleeping in a boat. And there was a distractive storm, and the disciples said, Jesus, why are you sleeping? And he got, I don't think he jumped up, shut his phone off, said, all right, here it comes. He spoke to that in probably the same tone he went to sleep in, was not phasing a bit. Through his meekness and kindness, he knew the authority he could walk in. And you, as you're becoming more like Christ, had that very same authority. Pastor Ray talked about this a few Sundays ago. When we have the name of Jesus, that's the authority because we're in right standing with God. We can talk, but it's not through how loud you yell. There may be times when you have spirits in front of you. I am, but in most environments, when it's you and distractions, it's through meekness and kindness that you can begin to break that down because it's the opposite. And finally in this series... We, we hopefully will understand, and I'm still growing in this, is we're following Christ. That is our paramount in our life. But if we're really looking to place value in our life too, to, 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 to place value that says, wow, you know, this is important and I'm not distracted from it, it's the value of understanding time, time, my watch, time, and people. Amen. Praise God. That's so revelational. Follow me. <laughs> because the enemy doesn't want you to put value on either things. He'd rather waste your time and never be around people. And, there's no, and, and because of the distractions, that can push you away from the real value that God wants. God is not governed by time, but we still are, by the way, and we'll get out at 11 o'clock. So 
So we're still governed by it. But if you can put value on each day and be present in it and understand how valuable the people are in front of you that God's placed in front of you, you will find the real value you're looking for and not be distracted. The blessings, you, that all comes when we're exercising out the call of what God calls us to do. And sometimes we've, yeah, it's, I'm not going to go there now. But you, let's get in here. All right. So let's talk about the levels of distractions. So we're going to talk about distractions right now. I think I shared this a long time ago. So when I was a young boy, maybe 38, no, I'm just kidding. When I was like 15, 14 or 13, we lived in a, outside of Boston, and we lived on this cul-de-sac, okay? And it was a horseshoe cul-de-sac, and our house was right in the middle. So if anybody drove in the cul-de-sac, you would, you know, not that we had time on our hands, but you knew who was coming in and out of that, right? Well, in the summertime, as you know, it gets hot. Today was a little cool this morning. Uh, I had major distraction issues with the ice cream truck. I did. And the thing would time all the time, right when the broccoli was on the plate for dinner, right? I sat down, and you would start hearing the dinging of the bell or whatever coming around. You know what I'm talking about. So my focus was not broccoli, but rocket pops. And I got distracted very easily where I had to get disciplined. Yes, me. The golden shot. Had to get disciplined because at one point I think I ran out of the house and left the broccoli behind. That's a distraction. It's distracting me for what was important that I know today and many years ago that broccoli is more important than rock the pops. Not just that, but that I can focus in when sometimes you just have to focus in on things when you don't want to even do it. Especially things that God calls you to do. You just got to focus in. So it's a, it's, a, it's a focus of doing that. So over time, you know, after they would chain me down to the, 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 the chair, it didn't become an issue. But that's, that, that's a small level of distraction. It's funny, kind of, but it was real. I'm not exaggerating. But then there's another distraction that I found for myself. This is a higher level distraction. Football. Specifically NFL. More specifically, the New England Patriots. Sports are not the problem, but the way you consume them can be, and the amount you do. So I was all out. I had worked even with the, uh, the, the stadium for a while, different things like that. I was just, yes, football, 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 fall Christ, fall Christ, fall Christ, football, 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 football. So at some point, there's going to be a fork in the road. Well, I blew by that. said, hey, look at this. It's called fantasy football. Let's do that too. So it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Don't worry, I didn't bet money, but it gets bigger and bigger. And this was becoming a huge distraction at one point. My wife wasn't going to leave me, but I was just, it was becoming, it was becoming a big distraction in my life, certainly for my time with God and growing with him. So for me, I had to say, wait, and I had strongholds. So these were now building strongholds. My mind was like, football, football, football. My emotions like, yeah, touchdown. My will was like, I'm going to do fancy football right now, no matter what anybody says. And those are all good things in life. However, where everybody's in different places, it can become the distractions can get brought in, 
and you start building the strongholds where you're defending it. Well, it's just a sport. Come on. Guys need sports. You know, whatever. Boom, boom, boom. Keep building the strongholds as God's trying to tell me to do something else. Well, I can't. I watch football right now. And I still like football, but it doesn't, it's not a distraction. And my strongholds were broken down of that. And whatever you're going through, it may not be that. It may be, it may be gambling. It may be uh, anxiety. You've built, you're defending your anxiety, and you build it with safeguards. You're building strongholds. Like, well, you know, the world's going to, you know, it's always that way. Blah, blah, blah. I got anxiety. You know, somebody who's leaving the stove on on a gas stove, you know, they get anxiety when they drive off the drive away and say, oh, my gosh, I don't know if I left the stove on. So now every time you leave the house, you're making sure the stove's not on. Those are safeguards, strongholds. Your anxiety's over that. It's consuming you. Don't leave the stove on at home. But... You understand there's different things that we have. I'm going to go out on a limb. Some of you are dealing with porn. Don't worry, all the kids are in Sunday school. It's attacking many Christians, and we're going to be doing something very soon with Family Alliance. That's a distraction, and by the next thing you know, it's building these strongholds. Addictions. A drunken person is a good defender. Of themselves. <laughs> Strongholds. I need this. Life's too stressful. This is not about condemning anybody, but it is leading you to a higher truth that you can be set free. Because as we as a church and we as pastors begin to talk more about following Christ, becoming more like Christ, like I said earlier, the devil, and you're starting to become a threat. The devil is very clever. He'll spend his time where he knows he's effective. And he is going to distract you with different things that lead you from what you're called to do. And you don't know it in time. You've got strongholds up sometimes. One way I tried to know that it's a distraction or maybe something real because there's a lot of things that we all have coming at us daily, never mind on a phone, a TV, in the car. I know when there's thoughts that come to me, and again, Pastor John did a great series on renewing the mind. Joyce Meyer's got a bio. I mean, people are doing, this is what we're talking about. He goes after your, in that operating system, you know he can hit your mind because once your mind is churning on these things, your emotions are reacting to these things, and then your will starts executing these things, then they become sin at some point in your life with bad behaviors. But if you can stop between here and here, you're pretty good. What I know when things come into my mind, that whether it's a distraction or not, and I haven't perfected it yet, but this is one thing. For God so loved the world is pretty simple. But yet, when distractions come from Satan, they seem to be complex. So the God, good news is very simple. I mean, it did it for foolish people of the wise. But whatever Satan is trying to distract you from, it probably is veering you way to be complex. Because we as humans and as Christians in church have get lost in our complexity by our own doing. 
So you go back to the, the Garden of Eden, and we know, right? I mean, the serpent came, God said, just do not touch the knowledge of good and evil. It's pretty simple. Then the serpent comes around. Well, did he really mean that? And what does that mean? Trying to complex the issue, a distraction. And as you know, Satan is a great accuser. He's called it, right? And he would want you no more, he would want you more becoming a great accuser like him as well and not following God than us being followers of Christ and being available to his will, God's will. So that was the distraction. And it was complex. Like, oh wait, I have to think about something greater than that. And what happens, and what Paul talked about certainly in both versions, is then it formulates that it's going against the knowledge of God. I mean, what has God said about it to us? It's in his word. It's a lot in there. It's through the Holy Spirit. This is your map, and the Holy Spirit's your compass. The map is where you should be and what truth and promises are. The Holy Spirit is your compass because it, he knows where you are right now and will get you in that map. So you can't leave that out. It's so important. So important. Because he can be with you to say, this is right and this is wrong in these distractions. Some... <laughs> Some Christians have decided to, again, we're still talking just about distractions. I think that's as far as we're going to get today. Some Christians have fall, gotten into, because the complete, here's another complaint. So you may not be in the Garden even, even though he'd love you to continue to hold that apple in question for the rest of your life. But you may try and answer other complex questions in your Christianity that, you know what? may not need to be answered. I'm going to step back. Is the world really flat? Even if it's so, I know the work of the cross. And I know what God is calling me to do. Not go to NASA and tell them that the world's flat, but to tell people about Christ. conspiracies. What if they're true? But how much energy has some Christ followers been focused on them when they should just be winning people to Christ and living a life that's fulfilling and glorifying Him? It's, it's fine. Politics is politics. They're, you think they're all honest. I mean, let's get over all that stuff. What is, what is paramount here? Focus on an empty tomb, the work of the Christ that loves you and I and wants us to share that with others around us. Because those that get that distracted, Jesus kind of said, I think you might be lukewarm. You know, if you're coming or going, you don't know what to believe or not, I'll spit you out. Sorry. It's not bad to question things, but what's your motive behind it? And what I'm saying is the enemy's going to bring distractions to lead you down trails that you don't need to go. That's why it's so important to be plugged into a church, whether it's FCC or some church community that is preaching the word of God, telling you the truth, 
We may make mistakes. We're not perfect. I'm not. Just ask my wife. But we may speak the truth in love to encourage you that there's more than just Sunday morning. Let's talk about strongholds really quickly. So we just talked about distractions. So these strongholds are really built by you meditating on too many of the same or different distractions. So now you're starting to defend the distraction. Bless God, but if the world... I'm sorry. Bless God, the world is flat. NASA's lied to us. This hasn't lied to me. Where's our focus? Yes, we have a new political campaign up. There's going to be conspiracies... Fox News, CNN, everybody's going to have all these things going on. These can be distractions if we're not careful of what we're here to call to be. And you're going to be hearing things going left and the right. And the last thing you know is the church is going to be in, you're in the rearview mirror. You're going to be like, what just happened? Oh, I'm in a battle today. My life is bad. This is about that gap earlier. You think you're here, but you're really over here. But I'd like to be a Christ follower that threatens the gates of hell like we've been singing about. Can sing hallelujah in front of death. Where is your sting? That can show the perfect love of Christ. Not my love, because man, I have my imperfection. But the perfect love of Christ to somebody who needs that. And to help build his kingdom. Here's a definition of strongholds. It's from uh, Leahy University in their divinity school. I found this. I think it's, it sums it up pretty well. It defi- in this divinity school, it says, a spiritual stronghold is a habitual pattern of thought built into one's thought life. Satan and his minions want to capture the minds of people. The mind is the citadel, meaning the high effects of the soul who will control the mind controls a very strategic place and have their mindset on what the Spirit desires. There's so many things bombarding our mind daily. How can we stop strongholds from getting us where I don't begin to defend the enemy's work in my life? Sounds crazy, but some of us can get there. I've been there. Football, right? It's just crazy. Let's, talk, let's go to Romans 8, 5, and 7. Paul again talks about the mind. Those who are domi- dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind It leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Life and peace. For the sinful nature will always be hostile to God. It will never obey God's laws and never will. So knowing that these distractions, when you're sinning, you're opening the door to them a lot more than you wouldn't. You realize We can say sin in church, right? Sin, 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 sin. Sin, 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 sin. It's bad. It's not good. 
It's not good because it goes against the knowledge of God, what Paul said in Corinthians. It's so self-absorbing at the end. I'm not going to have time to get further. So, and we all know John 10.10, you know, the thief comes around to kill, steal, and destroy. But he doesn't usually run around with a murdering axe, (laughs) a Tommy gun. He walks around with instruments that he knows he can influence you with. And those are mainly through the different distractions. Some of you are distracted right now. That's okay. We're human. But we need to realize that. And are these, there really isn't any bad distractions. Just like good witches, bad witches, there's not, right? There's no real good distractions. Because again, it leads us off what God's calling us to do. And in the end, if we don't build strongholds around them and live in them and get settled in them, God will fulfill us with what he wants to give us. But he may not trust you with everything yet. Ooh, we're talking about trusting God a lot. Well, he may not trust you sometimes. Okay? I'll end the strongholds here for a visual until my audience is getting excited. I'll end it here. You've heard the term. I just carry baggage. I've got a life-filled baggage. Strongholds, basically, right? They have handles, so I should carry them wherever I go in my life, right? The work on the cross wants to have you let that go and not even go back to the baggage claim area next week. Not even get near it. These are another illustration of strongholds you carry with you and you build. You pack it beautifully. Look how nice that sin looks. Boom, zip it up and I'll carry it around. We're all somewhere. None of this is in condemnation. I'm not here 100% yet, and I'd hope you follow me like we're following Christ to get there because we're called to do something here at Faith Christian Center. And we need each other in doing that, right? So we have Christopher Alam next week. Um, I'll be back the next two Sundays. We'll try and wrap that up. I'm not leaving you hanging. We're going to talk about a little more about types of strongholds and then how... Focus in more of how we can be free from them. And I think it may warrant an altar call at some point because it's time to really hit things head on. The devil comes to our front door. Why can't we open it and speak to it? Shut the lights off. Like it, how, you know, lock it. No, we can open it and speak to it because we have the authority through Christ. Why don't you all stand right now? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the amazing grace. You give us to navigate through this life, Lord. There are so many good things we can be thankful for. As we've said, the work of the cross, the empty tomb, and the Holy Spirit bridging us between our spirit, man, and soul, Lord, so we can live healthy for you. Lord, I just pray through your Holy Spirit today that you touched each and every one of those here in the room because you know where each and every one of us are. And we just pray that your love, that perfect love, overwhelms us at times, 
blindsides us at times, collides with us at times, that make us only be able to respond and look up and say, my eyes are only on you. And we thank you for that. Lord, those that are dealing with uh, distractions that have come in and built strongholds in their lives, addictions, different things that are pushing me off course from where you're calling me to do, which is a perfect plan for my life. Lord, we speak to those strongholds in the name of Jesus. They have to tear down. We plead the blood of Christ right now. The work of the cross, the sacrificial, the blood that was poured out redeems us from that. That we do not have to live with that, but we are free in Christ truly indeed. And let that be a testimony of our lives so we can affect others that are bound into darkness. We just thank you for everything you've done for us in Jesus' name. And at this week ahead, let us begin, Holy Spirit, prick us where we could have some distractions and begin to pray over those issues with my spouse, exposing that maybe into the light, or pray even just between you and me, Holy Spirit, as I have the word on my lap. Oh, we praise you in the storm. We praise you on a sunny day, for there's nothing greater than you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you do not know God,